Hello and welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And my mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. This podcast is sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS, a 21-day plan that takes you step-by-step through healing and thriving with PCOS. It's all in there waiting for you, beginning with the three keys to living your best life as a PCOS diva. For more details, visit HealingPCOS.com. So on today's podcast, I am inviting back one of my favorite guest speakers, and um, she has been on the podcast twice. I actually don't think I've ever had somebody come on three times. Um, Ah, I'm honored. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm really honored to have you here. Um, It's Today's podcast guest is Carol Laurie, and Carol is on episodes 78 and 57, so be sure to check those out because she gives us lots of great tips to managing PCOS naturally. Um, Carol Laurie, she is a true healer, and she helped me out so much this summer um, with my own personal struggle um, with anxiety as a result of trying to um, heal my son who had major surgery, and she really helped him um, get into the best physical health place before his surgery and really helped him heal afterwards. So I owe Carol so much, um, and I'm just so thrilled that she's come back on the program. Uh, Before I tell um, our listeners more about you, I just want to say a a big warm welcome, Carol. Oh, I'm... Amy, I'm so honored and happy to be here, and anytime I get to see you, whether it's through the internet or at Mindshare, it's just such a joy, and I hope to actually come east and get to visit for longer periods of time, but hello to everyone who's listening to wonderful Amy's podcast. It's an honor to be here. Well, Carol Laurie, and I love um, her mission, she's on a mission to bring good health to as many people as possible. She's a native Philadelphian. Carol received an undergraduate degree from Temple University and went on to attend the National College of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon. She moved to California, obtained her acupuncture license. She um, has worked as a homeopath and a clinical nutritionist, and she's really dedicated herself to the study of homeopathy and has attended advanced functional medicine classes for the last 30 years. Wow, what a resume, Carol. (laughs) Thank you. That's what happens when you get older. The years fly by and you continue to learn. (laughs) Uh, But So today I wanted Carol um, to come on, not only because she... I want her to tell you all about a really amazing new program um, that she is offering, um, but also because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I haven't really covered anything around breast cancer, although women with PCOS, as Carol will tell you, don't have an elevated risk for breast cancer. I think everyone has been touched by breast cancer in some way. Um, you know someone um, that has it. And I want her to talk a little bit about the new project that she's been working on. And then I also want, um, because she has been working on a program to help 
women um, heal from cancer in a real functional way. We do know that women with PCOS have an elevated risk for endometrial cancer. And I actually, at the PCOS Symposium, met two women with PCOS who are dealing with endometrial cancer. So it, it is happening to you know, our, our PCOS divas. And I think for those listening, I think it's important to kind of know what the, the true risk factors are and um, you know that there is hope. And I think that that's what um, one of Carol's main messages about cancer is. So I want to kind of turn it over to her. Maybe we could start with the endometrial cancer piece and then kind of move into what you've been working on. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for that beautiful introduction. And hello, all you wonderful, beautiful PCOS divas. I'm so happy to be sharing a few moments with you. Um, so let's just start with PCOS. We all know that it's a hormonal, part of it is a hormonal issue, and part of it is a metabolic functional problem with sugar imbalance and being able to manipulate and adjust to the sugars that you have in your diet. But as far as the hormonal component is, and one of my approaches is, as Amy has mentioned, it's the spokes on the wheel or the spikes on the wheel. Um, Everything's all interconnected in our bodies. So with endometrial cancer, as Amy has said, there is a actually 2.57% increased risk of getting um, endometrial cancer if you have PCOS. And that risk increases if as you age over 54. And one of the components of the correlation with PCOS and endometrial cancer is something called the Lynch syndrome, L-Y-N-C-H. And that's a genetic mutation, which not only does it leave you with an increased risk of um, endometrial cancer, but it also can lead to an increased risk of colon cancer. So to all the women out there who have endometrial cancer in your family or to the two women that Amy met in Los Angeles, I hope you're listening. Um, it's always important anytime for anyone who has any type of cancer to speak to your um, physicians about genetic predispositions. Because if you do have Lynch syndrome and it's a genetic mutation, then you want to be on an increased um, watch for colon cancer. So you'll be getting your colonoscopies possibly every year and not every five years. Um, one of the things that I think is really important for all of us is knowledge is empowerment. And notice I didn't say the word power because I like to approach healing for women from a feminine perspective. And I think empowerment has a little bit of a different energy than power. Um, you don't want to just zoom through treatment. It took a while for the cancer to appear, and you have some time to find the right practitioners to work with, not just from the medical perspective, but from an integrative perspective also. There's a lot you can do from an integrated perspective to assist your health without interfering with the chemotherapy or the surgery or the radiation if you choose to do that. And I think that's one of the areas where physicians have a difficult time. They don't want you to do anything. And um, as somebody who works in an integrative field and is also extremely respectful of what the medical field has to offer in this regard, 
um, there are definite ways to take supplements and stop them four, four days before chemotherapy and don't take them for four days after chemotherapy. And that way you're not interfering in the chemotherapy that you're choosing to get. There are also things that you can do to prepare for chemotherapy. For example, you don't want to start, eat a steak today and then go have chemotherapy tomorrow. Um, you will get really sick. You, there is now research, um, a lot of it's coming out from UC San Diego through this wonderful professor, Dr. Um, Walter Longo, who I interviewed for my course, about something called intermittent fasting. And intermittent fasting is, there's two approaches. One is you can dramatically decrease your calories for a few days before chemotherapy and a few days after. Or in my course, I also, if you want to take a more serious approach, you can fast with um, miso and Beeler's broth and some vegetable juices. But what happens with intermittent fasting is cancer loves sugar. And if you're fasting, you're not giving the cancer cells the energy that they like and they want. So when you get that chemotherapy, the cancer cells go, oh, here's food, and it sucks up the chemotherapy at a higher rate and your healthy cells, which are protected from some of the side effects of chemotherapy. So I'm on a mission to have this be like standard of care for anyone getting chemotherapy for any, for any illness. I think that this makes really good sense. It's a medically proven Ill, uh, protocol, and I want to get it out there. I want it to become a viral, oh, yeah, I'm fasting before chemotherapy. So that's one of the things that I'm hoping to do. But back to endometrial cancer and PCOS. You have to, you, you're going to need you know, help from your allopathic medical team, and I think that's very important. How can integrative care help you? One of the main approaches I have in my course is mindset. And Amy and I were talking about that before we came online. Um, there is a very big pressure with cancer. Cancer has a certain energy, and the cancer cells are undifferentiated, meaning they just go in there and they gobble everything up and they spread everywhere. And the energy of cancer as a homeopath can also impact your life and how you approach your treatment and your wellness. And I think it's very important to differentiate that so the more you can set up boundaries in your life and how you're managing your care and your integrative work and your medical care, the healthier you will be. Well, and I loved what you said um, very early on about knowledge is empowerment and how that is more um, of a feminine energy. And I've sort of been on this mission of, women with PCOS embracing the feminine. Um, and I think that a lot of the language around PCOS, and I think around cancer too, mm -hmm. the, the fight, the battle, the conquer. Combat, yeah. Combat. It's very combative. It's very ripe with masculine energy. And, um, you know, the, with PCOS, we are dealing with elevated androgens, <laughs> We're already so, um, I guess, infused with sort of that masculine energy mm -hmm. just by our hormonal imbalance mm -hmm. that we need to get more in touch with the feminine. And how do you think that that 
um, plays a role with um, female cancers, I guess, like endometrial and breast? Well, I think the first method or the first approach is to make it part of yourself as opposed to you're at war. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's a very, as you just said, masculine approach to make this a war on cancer or uh, combat PCOS or whatever it is. It's because when you, what are you at war with? You're at war with yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're at war with your own cells. Um, I think there's, I'm a big proponent of mind-body mind, medicine. And one of the things I do with the women um, in my office is I help them get into a quiet space. And this is, you know, this is true mind-body medicine. And I encourage them to engage in a conversation with their cancer or their PCOS or whatever, it is, whatever the illness is, migraines, colitis, it doesn't matter. Because the true path of healing is the information that those conversations reveal to all of us and that is not a masculine approach mm -hmm. um, that's really being in touch with the feminine and people go oh it's a little weird it's touchy-feely yes it is a little strange and maybe it is touchy-feely but the information that you get from those cells like what do I need to do in my life to make my life easier so I can get through this cancer treatment or I can take the supplements I need and exercise I, as I need to to diminish my hormonal imbalance and make my PCOS symptoms less for myself. That's, that's a feminine-empowered approach, and it's a feminine moment. And it has nothing to do with taking the birth control pill or um, going for electrolysis, which I'm a big proponent of, but it has to do with deep healing, which comes from inside of ourselves. And that's where I think we all need to become empowered and in touch with. Mm -hmm. So can you give us some other, some more tips on how to get in touch with that? Yes. That deep healing. I think women need to find space to sit quietly and ask the mm -hmm. questions. It's not that complicated. And there is a lot of busyness in our lives, and I think we need to disengage from that busyness, even if it's only for five or ten minutes, once or twice a day. And that means turning off your phone, uh, getting out of Facebook, <laughs> um, just sitting by yourself and slowing your breathing down, and just ask a question inside of yourself that's important for yourself, for your healing, such as, why am I having such a hard time staying away from sugar? Mm -hmm. um, why, what is my resistance about exercise? Why can't I, you know, I, want, I know intellectually I should, but then I just can't physically do it. And that, that was a question a woman asked in my practice last week. And what came up for her is, you know, she has PCOS. She's, she is what Americans would term large. I don't consider her large, but she has some body shame. And she felt shameful about putting on some exercise clothing and walking around the block. Mm -hmm. And we had, once we discovered that that's what it was, it's like the resistance sort of dissipated. And we talked about going out and getting a nice outfit. So she looked and she felt like she looked nice when she walked around the block. And who cares what other people think? It's like put on your headset and listen to some positive podcast or some nice music and move your body. 
And that was a really healing moment. So these healing moments can come, I know this may sound strange, but if you're a mom and you're sitting in your car waiting to pick your kids up, you can close your eyes for three minutes and see what comes up. How am I going to make dinner for my family tonight that's really healthy for, for me and for everyone? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the store and buy some more fresh vegetables, and I'm not going to open up a box of a processed food. I mean, these little things, these little moments really add up, and they are important, and they do matter. And I think in this day and age, and I know I even, I even struggle with this, to just um, be in my car in silence. You know, I always usually have some Audible book um, that I've got going on, or mm-hmm. listening to the radio or somebody's podcast, and I find myself it's almost uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to be in that quiet space. Mm-hmm. Don't really know what's going to come up, and it's it's real. I think forcing yourself to become comfortable with being being with you and yourself in in that situation. I think it's important to know that your psyche is never going to bring up something that you are not prepared for. Mm-hmm. And that helps lessen women's anxiety about like, oh my goodness, what's going to come up? I'm uncomfortable sitting by myself. I've never done this before. Um, your psyche loves you. And your the inside of you, your feminine wants you to be healthy and happy. And the messages you get when you sit as as the messages you get from when you dream and you can remember them are very connected to your inner feminine. And it's about helping you heal on your healing journey and your healing path. And they're beautiful messages from the goddess. And it's not going to give you something that you don't like. It may be difficult, like, okay, you got to stop eating sugar, but why am I having, it's not going to tell you what to do. It's going to help you become empowered to realize why you're having a difficult time eating sugar. It's not the negative voice that says, don't do that, because Mm -hmm. nobody likes that. Of course, we don't like that. It's going to say, well, you're eating sugar a lot because you're equating that with nurturance and you're lonely for connection. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a very different message than don't do that. I loved the aha that your client had or your patient had about, um, you know, being afraid to be out there, like having people see her when she's working out. And mm-hmm. I remember um, having the same conversation with a, with a friend of mine. And um, I think I write, wrote about it in the book about she really loved, in my book, Healing PCOS, she really loved to swim, but she didn't want to be at the pool because she thought everybody was going to be looking at her. Yeah. And I just have to read this quote that I sent to my son yesterday. Um, He's a freshman in college and trying to make his way. And um, I thought this was appropriate based on some of the conversations we had. But it reads, once you can come to terms with how rarely people think of you at all, you'll stop caring what they think when they do. Very good. Very good. I think it takes um, a lot of a lot of determination to get out there in a bathing suit mm-hmm. or to get out there in a um, workout outfit. If you are what, notice I keep saying this, if you are what our society has determined as a large woman. Mm-hmm. However, large, small, petite, tall, whatever, is becoming more a thing of the past. Um, major runway shows are now having 
larger women, quote unquote, in bathing suits walk down the aisle with the tall, skinny, anorexic, normal, you know, what we think of as a normal model. Nobody can look like that. Um, good for you for being out there. And it's not about what other people think. It's about what you want for yourself. And if you love to swim and it brings you joy, you just go for it. If you, if you want to get healthy and you want to, you know that the only type of exercise you can do right now to begin is to walk around the block. I call them power walks. I do my little power walks several times a week. Just go for it. It's not about the other people out there seeing you. It's about you being empowered inside yourself and loving yourself enough to put yourself out there and take that first step. And once you start doing that, it's, it's self, so self-satisfying. You're going to go, oh my goodness, I can't wait to go swimming again. Or, oh my goodness, I felt so great. My legs hurt me in a good way. It means I'm moving my muscles and my insulin went down when I walked or when I swam, and I can see that I'm, my muscle tone is getting better. It's very satisfying inside of your body and for your psyche. Mm. So mindset plays such a huge role in managing PCOS mm -hmm. um, and cancer as well. Um, and I, I know that, you, um, that nutrition um, plays such a huge role as well. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit more about, um, you know, the nutrition aspect of managing um, and dealing with cancer and, um, and then maybe touch upon PCOS as well. Well, they're the same. I think it's the same for PCOS and cancer. It's, it's the healthy uh, Mediterranean style diet that I don't like the word diet, but nutritional approach. And for me, nutrition and um, nurturing nutrition is how I like to phrase it. Oh, I love that. And that's one of the titles of my eBooks in my course, Nurturing Nutrition, because it has to be nurturing or else you're not going to enjoy it or do it or want it. And um, also mindset, they go hand in hand as the foundation from which we build all the protocols moving forward for your health, whether it's PCOS or cancer or any illness. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about nurturing nutrition? Can yes. Deeper in that? What does that mean? Nurturing nutrition has a couple of main categories. One is you eat with the seasons. Mm -hmm. Two is because you have an illness, whether it's PCOS or a metabolic imbalance or cancer, you for the majority of times, it's very important that it's organic. Um, you can't, your body cannot handle outside pesticides. You're already in a state of hormonal and metabolic imbalance, and you don't want to add more burden to your body with chemicals. For example, non-organic strawberries are basically like eating the pesticides that they spray because they soak up the pesticides so much. You're doing your body a lot of damage by eating non-organic strawberries. So eat with the seasons, eat organic, and learn how to make food that you will enjoy eating. Notice I said learn how to make food. A lot of women don't know how to cook, and men also don't know how to cook, but we're talking to women in this podcast. I don't want to feel like it all, always has to be on the woman to cook. But if you like to eat, and I have these recipes in which I used to be a chef, so I've, and I used to be a pastry chef, so I've taken a lot of what would have a ton of sugar and 
just and not be gluten-free, and I've used maybe two tablespoons of honey in the entire cake, and it's a gluten-free cake, and it's delicious, and you don't even miss the sugar. Now, when I eat normal pastries, I take a bite, and they're just way too sweet. Mm -hmm. So the nurturing component has to be about you don't have to starve yourself from treats. You don't have to starve yourself from food that you love because if you deprive yourself, you're going to be resentful and it won't work. So you need to find the balance between eating the what I call the modified Mediterranean diet and every now and then you give yourself an appropriate size treat that will nourish you in a positive way, meaning you don't want to be eating, let's say you made yourself a gluten-free date nut bread, which I just published um, on mm -hmm. Saturday. I let's saw say, that on social media. It's, thank it's you. Lovely. It, it's delicious. Mm -hmm. it, it is so delicious, and it's very easy. Let's say you make that, and you put, you know, you make muffins, and you put them in the freezer, and so you have one every now and then, which is a great way to do it. And you don't want to eat that in the car on your way to work. <laughs> that's not paying attention to your little treat. You want to sit there and have a friend over and have a cup of tea or even a cup of coffee and eat it with a friend and share with your family. That's nurturing. I hate to say this, but sometimes I like to eat in the car. But I've gotten to the point where I only eat an apple in the car because you get to where you're going and you go, what did I just do? I got crumbs all over the car. I got it all over myself. This is not healthy. So now I'm the apple in the car girl. But um, that's what nurturing is. It's enjoying community, it's enjoying family, and it's learning how to make treats for yourself that really remind you of a nurturing moment when you were little, whatever that is. Um, it's also bringing in enough fresh organic fruits and vegetables for your household, for your body. There's no such thing as too many vegetables. Um, those colors in those vegetables have healing phytonutrients in you that will get into your cells and help heal your PCOS mm -hmm. and help your body um, become in a better relationship to cancer if that's what you have. Um, I can't talk about it enough. It's so important. So it really concerns me when I hear from women that say, you know, I don't like vegetables. I just can't eat them. Like. Carol, can you heal without eating vegetables? No. Yeah. I, I, you know, when somebody would say that, if somebody would say that to me, I would say, okay, what's your experience with vegetables? Mm -hmm. um, somebody said that to me once, and it was like the canned corn of her youth. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I don't like canned corn either. I can't imagine eating. I tried. Actually, we had some canned corn um, in the house because we had put some away for an earthquake, and my husband opened up the can and I took a teaspoon and I went, okay, we're throwing this out. It was so disgusting. I said, so you don't like canned corn. How about if we start with fresh corn, you know, steam it up and put in some boiling water for three minutes and eat it with salt and pepper and butter. And how could that be bad? And she tried it and she liked it. So I think you have to figure out what that, what that means. Maybe their experience of vegetables was frozen, overcooked green beans, yeah, or Brussels, boiled Brussels sprouts. Oh, God, you know. Actually, I love Brussels sprouts, but they're not boiled. They're sautéed, and they're, you know, I hate to say this, but they're, you know, sautéed in olive oil with rosemary, and then for Thanksgiving, we add a little bit of bacon. That, that's delicious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. So I think if you, I'm talking to the PCOS divas out there, if you think you don't like vegetables, let's 
try starting with figuring out what it is that you had that made you feel like you don't like it. And let's try to think about another moment where we can create something that you will like, no matter what it is, even if we have to start with corn, which is, you know, a carbohydrate, but I'm happy to start with corn if that will get you into the fresh steamed green beans with olive oil and balsamic vinegar or with butter and salt and pepper. I mean, there are many ways to eat vegetables. They don't have to be horrible and overcooked. Yeah, and I think um, roasting, grilling, it kind of brings out the, the natural sweetness in the vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. It's a non-negotiable. If you're going to try to heal your PCOS, um, you have to include vegetables. Um, so I want to get back to you know what you're doing with um, helping women with breast cancer. As I said, we all know somebody who has... Sure. Um, dealt with breast cancer. And I think what you're doing is it is really innovative. Um, I haven't seen anything like it um, on, online. And I'm very excited about you sharing, sharing this with the world. So tell us more about what you're doing. Well, thank you so much. It's so wonderful to hear that. I'm so close. I don't have a perspective. So I've taken all my knowledge from the last 30 years, and I've been working with breast cancer different types of cancer for the last 10 years, but I've decided I really want to focus on breast cancer because I'm such an advocate for women's health. Um, And I've created an online course. It's called The Path of Breast Cancer, Journey with Energy, Empowerment, and Grace. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to come up with that, the phraseology, and the phraseology is very important. Um, We want to have empowerment. We want to be We want to be able to have appropriate conversations when you go into the oncologist and they say to you, okay, we're going to do this now. We're going to do it this way. It's like, okay, and what about maybe we should consider this or what about that approach? You want to educate yourself about what type of cancer you have and what the standard approaches are. And you want to have grace, meaning if you've decided on on your path to heal your breast cancer, you want to show up and be actively involved with that on every le- level, emotionally, psych- psychologically, spiritually, and physically. So you're going for chemotherapy, as I mentioned before. You're going to prepare. You're going to prepare physically. You're going to prepare spiritually, and you're going to prepare emotionally. And you're going to prepare your whole household and your family and involve your community to support you because there are going to be days when you can't get out of bed that's normal. So you call your support system and there's a whole series in, in the course about how to get the care tree organized. And one you call one person and they call everybody. And the next thing you know, the kids are being picked up, somebody's dropping off food, and you're able to spend the day in bed taking care of yourself. There are three modules in the course. There's treatment for the women who are in active treatment. There is recovery so you finished active treatment, but you're like a couple months out of recovery and you're still not feeling well. Of course, it's hard to feel well after you've been through all of that. And then there is preventing recurrence. Let's say you're done with all the active treatment. It's a year or two out and you want to know what can I do to keep my body as inhospitable as possible to cancer. So there's three modules and within each module there is five chapters, and there are different chapters in the modules, but all the chapters have, all the, all the modules have a chapter on um, the science behind what's happening, 
They have um, a chapter on mindset and emotional empowerment. There's a chapter on integrative care, um, and, which includes nutritional work and supplements to take, <clears throat> how to prepare for surgery, chemo, or radiation, and how to protect your healthy cells. Um, what to do if you're having constipation or, <clears throat> or diarrhea. I mean, there's side effects that we need to manage in an integrative way. And it's all, it's not, there are some people out there who feel like it's one or the other. And I really feel like um, the main attitude with any type of cancer is you want to live. So let's take the best of both worlds and merge them together for the oncologist deals with the cancer and I deal with keeping you as healthy as possible and supporting you in your body and your mind through this arduous uh, path. It's not an easy path. And I know that you're offering um, some support too online. I know that, you know, having a PCOS diagnosis is, can be very lonely and also finding like-minded women who want to approach um, managing their PCOS, as we were talking about, like from that feminine perspective mm -hmm. um, and managing it more naturally. Uh, you know, that's the, the beauty of um, being a PCOS diva. We, you know, there's groups online that, that I moderate that kind of help women come together. Mm -hmm. And I know that you're doing something similar for, for women with breast cancer. Yes, we have a, um, the Path of Breast Cancer support group. Um, on Facebook, as Amy just mentioned, and for the people who are doing the course, um, there'll be uh, more of a private group where you get a little bit more of me uh, on the internet um, a couple times a week for Q&A and everything. But I'm on that Path of Breast Cancer um, Facebook group every day several times, and people are writing in, and I, I really do my best to answer everybody individually. Well, I love to, um, I often ask, ask my guests to end their podcast with a message of hope. And for those women listening who may have endometrial cancer, maybe fearful that they might get it or um, mm -hmm. have breast cancer or have a loved one with breast cancer, can you, um, you know, lead us in a kind of a message of hope for them? I think medicine and healthcare has come a long way in a very short period of time. And there are more and more resources, resources available to all of us. So whether you have PCOS or it's breast cancer or endometrial cancer, I think putting together a healing team who will listen to you and acknowledge you for the beautiful being that you are is the first step on your healing path. And I encourage everyone to not settle. If you have a doctor that you don't like, find somebody who will look at you when you walk in the room and care about your well-being and who you are. I think that's very important. And unfortunately, sometimes the healing people get overwhelmed and lose that ability. But remind them that you're a person and you deserve the best care on all levels. And then treat yourself with that too. Really take yourself in hand and say, you know, I may want this kind of sugar thing, but I'm going to go bake something for myself that's healthier and then I don't have to feel bad about it. There are certain times when you have to be um, 
loving, but really take yourself seriously about what's the best path for you in the moment. And I absolutely believe there's always hope, especially for PCOS. Um, stick to your plan and really love yourself through all those difficult moments. And within a few months, you will really see the difference in your hormonal imbalance. And it, it is one plus one equals two. Stick to the program and the, it really, really works. <laughs> well, such great advice and a beautiful message. And Thank you so much for the work that you do and for helping me out this summer. I so appreciate it. My honor and pleasure, really, really. It's one of the reasons I'm here, Amy. Thank you so much. So, Carol, can you tell us how somebody can find out more about your program and how they could register? Sure, absolutely. I'm so happy to do that. Um, it's just, it's very simple, thepathofbreastcancer.com. There's a sign-up form there. Put your email address in, and then you'll start receiving content from me and my team, and I would be honored to share with you. Great, and we will also put those links in the show notes as well. Well, and I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to this edition of the PCOS podcast, um, and I'm so looking forward to being with you again soon. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and learned a little something that can help you along in your journey. For more information about PCOS and PCOS Diva products and programs, visit PCOSDiva.com. This podcast was sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS. It's my proven 21-day diet and lifestyle plan to help women with PCOS take back control of their health and resolve their symptoms. Healing PCOS offers you daily, small, manageable steps that help alleviate symptoms and control the inflammation, hormonal imbalance, and insulin resistance that underlie PCOS. The 21-day plan consists of a 21-day anti-inflammatory hormone-balancing meal plan, including meal prep and plan-ahead tips to make eating like a PCOS diva sustainable, 85 delicious recipes, daily lessons, and self-care exercises. I have helped tens of thousands of women with PCOS take back control over their health and their lives through lasting healing and sustainable lifestyle change. So whether you're newly diagnosed or have struggled a lifetime with PCOS, this book is for you. Find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold.